Welcome to Engaging Culture, a podcast presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. I'm Brian Kylie. Today, my co-host, Pastor Lance Hahn, and I are excited to be joined by Pastors Ryan McDiarmid and Mark Buving from Creekside Church in Rockland. Today on the program, we'll be talking about a project the two of them are working on called Jackass Theology. It's a really fascinating pro- project with an obviously attention-grabbing name, and I'm confident you're going to enjoy hearing about it on this episode of Engaging Culture. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 25 of the Engaging Culture Podcast. I'm Brian Kiley, joined, as always, by the one and only Lance Hahn. I am here, everyone. If you you are worried, I'm right here. Never fear. Never fear. I'm never too far away. He is here. Uh... I know I speak for both of us, Lance, when I say that I am very excited for this episode and excited to be joined by Ryan and Mark from Creekside Church, whose last names I believe I pronounced somewhat close you to Creekside. You did it right. You, you nailed it. it. You got it. That's right. a unique skill. Got Great. It. Well, yeah. thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need. As good as it's going to get. That's all we wanted. So once again, Ryan and Mark, they are from Creekside Church. We So it's like... Lance and Ryan, you guys know each other really well. Mark, you and I are starting to get to know each other. We've been in some meetings together, which has been fun. And uh, obviously our churches used to be practically right next door to each other. And now just a little bit down the road. Uh, But thanks for coming out, guys. We're excited for this uh, conversation. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, real quick, uh, Pastor Ryan, see, here's the deal. We believe in a culture of honor where we we refer to each other as pastor. But here's the deal. You're a pastor. You're a pastor. I'm a pastor. He's a... When everyone's a pastor, we no can one's drop a it. pastor. Yeah. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. We are not yeah. doing that. So I'm not going to try to do that every time. I honor and respect both of you. I'm not calling you pastor. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Total pastor move. Yeah. It is a total pastor <laughs> move. So uh, Ryan McDiarmid. I've known him for 10 years, and I've never once said it right. Um, (laughs) Until now. You are the lead pastor over there at Creekside. Correct. And you've been doing that for how long? I've been the lead pastor for about 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you did some stuff before that as well, right? Yeah. I I mean, I've been at Creekside 12, 13 years or something like that, and then became the lead pastor. That's actually why I got to know you, because I called you for help. I said, you're a lead pastor. Help me. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And that's how we got to know each other. Yeah, and we've been screwing churches up together ever (laughs) since. Um, Now, Mark, you're also on staff. What is your title over there? I'm the associate pastor, so I do everything Ryan doesn't do, um, which is a a lot. Let me me tell you, it's a lot. (laughs) So, yeah, I've been there there for about three and a half years now. Okay, and where were you before that? I was down in Southern California. I was working at uh, Eternity Bible College. Uh, teaching some administrative type stuff and um, it was good, but I'm glad to be back on the right end of the state. Yeah. Hey, amen. So, amen. And, yeah. yeah. We're going to be getting into a lot of the different things that they are so gifted at, uh, but we'll save those for later. Yes, we are. So we brought you guys here today because of a project you are working on called Jackass Theology. Watch your mouth, please. Sorry. I apologize <laughs> for that. You have started this website, jackasstheology.com. Those of you listening, check it out. You're going to love it. And you did even a two-week sermon series at your church on the subject. Uh, and I just think it is absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's funny, I, I've told people, yes, it's sort of an attention-grabbing, slightly vulgar name, yeah. but I said it's not just a silly project. Like, there is a yeah. ton of substance behind this, and I'm a huge fan. So yeah. can you, Ryan, maybe we'll start with you, and then, uh, Mark, as a fellow associate pastor, there I you know, go. you know, you got always got to clean up the lead pastor's <laughs> That's mess, right. right? That's so right. we'll start with him, and then you can, <laughs> whatever he forgets. Uh, tell us a little bit, Ryan, about how... Jackass Theology came to be. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something that was like, I think 
bubbling under the surface for years. You know, you do ministry, you, and in ministry, you're talking to a lot of people about their spiritual lives, their hangups. They have hangups with you. They, they love your church. They hate your church. They love you. They hate you, you know? Um, and sometimes, it, so there's that, all that that happens, but a lot of times in church, that's kind of like beneath the surface. And also I think the re, there's this reality where uh, you continue to process what you think about things. Um, I mean, every pastor does. I think if you stop learning and stop growing, then you, you're you you're really stagnant. I mean, there's so much to learn about Jesus and so much to realize that you at one point, you know, believe and thought that, but you're maybe wrong, or at least you're wrong in the way you handled it. So there's all of that bubbling under the surface. And I'd be getting together with guys like uh, Lance and other pastor friends, and we'd talk about things that are happening in our hearts and our churches. And what I would sense is like this camaraderie of like, yeah, we all kind of like, think and feel the same thing. And then we'd go and we'd, um, we'd go to our congregations and there's sort of like the party line that it feels like you have to carry because it, it you don't want to be unnaturally offensive. You don't want to, um, implicate, especially coming from a conservative background. You don't want to like, maybe you're worried about like sounding too liberal or people miss, you know, it, I guess church can end up being pretty campy and you don't yeah. real. I realized yeah. that after years of being a pastor, it was like, well, what camp are you in? Are you in the charismatic camp? Or are you in the more conservative camp? Are you in the John MacArthur camp? Can I trust you? Or are you in the, you know, um, I don't know, mainstream Max Lucado camp or whatever. They're just, there's all these camps and you didn't, I didn't realize that as you cross those lines that people get really, really angry until I was a pastor for a while. Mm-hmm. So there's that bubbling under the surface. And then there was a woman who left our church church um, a few years ago, and she wrote uh, basically an email or Facebook post, and she talked about a lot of the hypocrisies that she'd seen, not just in our church, but in church in general. And as I was reading it, I'm sitting there going, yep, yep, yeah, that exists. That's there. I know. I've seen it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't reading it as someone like, oh, this person's so bitter. Um, This is all unfair. It was like, no, this is I know her, and this is actually pretty fair. And and some of this is pretty jacked up that the church culture is like this. Judgmentalism well, and legalism and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And so then what we end up doing is sitting down, uh, talking with her, and she asked the question. She's like, well, when she's talking like with my wife and talking to me, she's like, well, like, I, I like your guys' perspective, but that's not the perspective I ever hear from the pulpit. You know, mm-hmm. it's like this, like, you're kind of always carrying the line. And it made me, it's kind of started me to go wait, man, I, there's a lot of like heart stuff that God's doing in me, but I don't feel like I can be honest about what's happening. Um, and I don't, and I feel like it's actually contributing more to the problem. Cause I'd start to see people leaving the church for these reasons. Like they were disillusioned with the church cause they'd see all the, the hypocrisy of it, but no one's ever like really addressing it. Or they'd see a church that's about love and you realize that we're so divisive anyway over stupid, small things. Um, and one more thing, it was culminated in a moment where uh, I was listening to a podcast and there was a guy who was um, in charge of Center for Biblical Manhood. And he was talking with this woman and, and dude who were more from an egalitarian perspective. And the way that he talked to, to them was so demeaning and kind of like belittling. And I was sitting there listening as someone who's been a complementarian in theology for a long time. I was listening to him and I'm like, dude, this guy's such a jerk. I had some other choice words that ran through my mind. And <laughs> choicer I, than jackass. Yeah, choicer yeah. than jackass. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is ridiculous that it that that he's talking like this. It's not that I disagree maybe with the perspective, 
but it's I I hate the way it sounds. Um, and so it started out really for like with that for me going, oh my gosh, this guy's a total jerk. And then I had to go, wait, have I ever been that way? Yeah. And I quickly realized, dude, I've been that guy. Yes. And the problem is that we're all that guy or girl right. in one. It's one topic or another. We just like immediately turn off our ears. We stop listening and we become pretty judgmental and superior to other people. And so that was kind of the, 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 the start of it. And then we had to come up with a word that we could use that was, you know, <laughs> not the word I initially thought in my head. So. <laughs> we'll let you all wonder what that word yeah, was. Right. So maybe Mark, you could tell us So that was going to be my next question is you could have named this project any number of, Oh yeah. Any number yeah. of things. Oh yeah. Why, why jackass theology? Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, when Ryan first said, he said, we need to do a blog, we need to call it this, um, and uh, and I'm like, hilarious, you know, it's so funny, wouldn't that be awesome, right? And then mm-hmm. the more we talked, it was like, maybe we do need to do it, and maybe we do need to have something a little edgier than saying jerk theology or something, and mm-hmm. um, it, because, you know, like we, we, we had taught through um, the previous year, as this is all happening, we had taught through the book, uh, or through the Gospels, all four of them kind of together, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we keep seeing the Pharisees come up obviously. And there keeps being these, these moments where we're resonating with like, man, I feel like I would say exactly what that Pharisee just said, you know, and if I could really put myself and then how many of us are like the Pharisees. And so we would kind of pull that out as we're preaching through. Um, but it just, you know, it's not as relatable. It doesn't quite get your attention. It's this Mm -hmm. kind of, um, uh, term that we're used to. And so we thought, you know, actually calling it jackass theology, it, it, gets your attention a little bit. And like you're Mm -hmm. saying, it's not just to be crass, although it is definitely fun to say. (laughs) It has been amazing to see everyone's reaction to it. Uh, But just it it gets into a little bit deeper territory and you, you have to then explain like, well, what, what is the jackass element in it and why, you know, so it's been, it's been real helpful to just name the thing in the first place. I also think underlying it too, is this sense that, um, I mean, this is the heart of the whole thing. We all think things that we don't say. And so I think part of it is, I really think sometimes, and it's not that I'm right in thinking it, but that guy's a total jackass, you know, <laughs> like, and, and because I think that I'm like, let's just be honest about the fact that that runs through my mind. But in the same time I say that I have to go and I'm a total jackass, right, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of that it, it, the heart of it is trying to say the things that we're thinking, but don't usually say, you know? So here's what I thought when I, when I look at it. So for example, if you, if everyone goes on jackasstheology.com, uh, there's a cute little donkey as part of the logo. Mm-hmm. Um, very but biblical. He, he, very he's biblical. not as cute as he seems. He's a real jackass. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. no, I believe a real one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but here's what I thought when I heard it, it is, it is the concept of a jerk with two glazes over it. The first glaze is stubbornness. That's where the, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like I'm entrenched. Yep. And that's the, obviously the point of uh, the donkey yep. or the ass of being a stubborn animal. That's yeah. used all over scripture. It's used in popular so, culture of saying this is a stubbornness. It's an entrenched view. Yep. Yeah. So you're a jerk, but you're entrenched. Yep. And then the third glaze is um, a, a, a glaze of arrogance. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're you're it's a jerk move, but you were stubborn and you're arrogant about it. Yeah. That together makes it a jackass. 100%. So anyway, that was my thought. And yeah. if you're That's if you're checking it. out the website, uh, record the recorded version of listening to this podcast, you go to the website and find that it's all updated with exactly that. So Boom. there you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm only right. here to do your That's work. Right. That's right. So 
So you guys have both kind of alluded to this already, but I think it's it's really important. Is I mean, obviously in our culture today, there is uh, no shortage of people who are willing to point the finger at people different than them yeah. and say they're the problem. Yeah. And I'll be the first to say, I do that at least in my head, oh, if absolutely. not out loud. Yeah, all the time, you know, way too yep. often. Yep. Right, uh, but. And, and you do that on Jackass Theology, but you're very clear to say it's not just an out there problem. Yeah. Right. It's like I'm like there's a problem here We're and I'm of part of it. Yeah. yeah. Why was that an important point of focus for you guys? Oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, it, I do think there's an important side of being able to point at something and say that is a jackass thing. I think a lot of people, especially, you know, I'm in a pretty privileged position in society, but a lot of people are the victims of jackassery in a way where it is so important for them to be able to say, no, this isn't true. This is wrong. This is someone being, this isn't what Jesus is like. This is someone being a jackass in the name of Jesus, which happens so often. But we knew, I mean, nobody needs a couple of guys calling everybody else jackasses. Like that's just more of the same thing. That, yeah. it, there's plenty of that. Right. And in our tendency that gives into the worst tendencies within ourselves just to yep. go around saying that. And, uh, and the reality is there's just so much material to work with. I mean, uh, in terms of calling ourselves that, Ryan and I actually met in college. He was my mentor for a couple of years, and I got into this um, this super theologically conservative uh, realm that led me down a certain path. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so we like I had learned so much from Ryan. Like we got along. We ended up going to two different seminaries after we graduated from there. But right towards the end of it. Um, I was a total jackass to Ryan. Like, like, I mean, he was like, he was like, I don't know if this guy's like actually saved, you know, like he doesn't, you know, and, um, and it was, it was like, it was so dumb because we had all these great years and then it sort of ended with, uh, you know, just me clinging to my theology and missing the love and missing the person in the midst of it. And then, you know, we went our ways and there wasn't like hard feelings or anything, but it was kind of like. A, a lame end to something that had been really good until, you know, years later, then God brings us back together. And we find out we've, you know, both, uh, progressed in a lot of the same ways. And, yeah. um, and then even, even the last few years as we've known each other, just, um, being able to kind of come closer and closer to identifying like, yeah, you know, it, it is kind of like a jackass thing that we're yeah, totally. doing to each other. So I think there, there's a, there's a simple metaphor in my mind that drives a lot of like why, and this comes out of having spent the year preaching through the gospels and looking at what Jesus's solutions were. But, um, there's a, there's the metaphor of like a family trying to sit down to a table and I have a lot of children, too many. Um, I have five. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't give any of them back and no. by name, but, but the number <laughs> cumulatively is too much. And we're looking well at said. college and we're looking anyway, that's a whole nother thing, <laughs> but trying to get my kids to sit down at a family meal and not argue about whatever is yeah. on their mind. It has, it's really complicated. There's a lot of personalities involved and they all see, they all think that their perspective is the only perspective. And so they've been sinned against. So they're angry. So then they're acting cruel and mean, which just creates the cycle where, you know, I mean, it's just this endless cycle of being hurt and then hurting other people and then, yes. and, and getting them all to sit down. You have to kind of say, okay, look, Let's all admit we were wrong mm-hmm. and let's all give grace to each other so that we can just enjoy one another. And I con- I feel like that in the church, like constantly. I feel like the whole jackass theology thing is saying, look, if we can all say, yes, we're jackasses and yes, we have these prejudices towards one another. And it's not that we're, it's, it's like not that we're wrong or that our perspective isn't valuable. It's that in order for us to enjoy one another, we have to kind of see that our perspective is a small part of a larger picture. And my kids, they don't get that. They 
they really think their perspective is the perspective everyone should hold. And yeah. as long as they hold that, there's no peace at the table. There's no way to sit down and just enjoy one another. But when they can sit in their place of going, you know, I'm Macy, I'm Carter, I'm Jack, I'm Jude, you know, mm-hmm. and Say I Cooper don't, too, he's going to feel Cooper, left out. I'm Cooper. Right. <laughs> that's right, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see the world the same way, but that's okay. Let's all eat together. That is like what I hope the church can do. I think it's what Jesus yeah. wanted, you know? Um, yeah. But there's a lot of things to get in the way. Yeah, and exactly yeah. what you're describing at the dinner table with children, sadly, happens in church with adults oh, man. all the time. All oh, man. the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's just exactly ha- right. It's so odd to me how much we just feel, we feel threatened by one another's ideas when they don't match our own. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, just our, our inability to kind of like let real theological differences or even just differences in thinking about different issues. I guess I should say how quick we are to make that like a relational deal breaker. Exactly. I just think that's so bizarre. Yeah. But we do it all the time. Yeah. It's a huge part of my story in the sense that I believed for basically the first 10 years of being a pastor that there was a right way to do church. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you have that perspective that there is a right way, you're chasing after the right way. What happens is you then must critique what is not the right way, either in yourself or in other people. But the very perspective that there is one right way to do a local church means that you must then be critical of everything that does not fit into that realm. That's so true. And and so once uh, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me in a different way about unity and, you know, uh, Ryan, you and I have been walking this journey. So he really got a hold of me kind of in the same place where you and I connected. You've watched me on this journey of becoming obsessed with regional unity and connection and all this stuff. But, But first what had to break in my heart was the understanding that there's not one way one right way to do the church. Not at all. And that if we don't have a lot of this variation in the creativity of God, we do not have our region well represented. Yeah, that's right. And people are going to be missed. Yeah. But it had to be that thing of going, you know what? I It's not the right way for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a big deal. The other thing that I was thinking about is that, Ryan, as long as you and I um, have been together, it's funny because I've watched you you grow and journey, mm-hmm. is that you've always been cynical, right? <laughs> you kind of have that cynical bone uh, to you. Yeah. And I was consistently pushing you yeah. in, in different areas, um, You know, whether it's something that has to do with LGBTQ or it's something to do right. with women in ministry. I'm totally. always pushing you yeah. somehow, some totally way. Are, it's yeah. just part of our relationship. Yeah. And what's fascinating to me is how you interact with it, because uh, my respect for you is so high, is that I will see your own initial, there's a little bit of a blink, like, I don't don't know Mm -hmm. if that's what you're saying, but I'm not going to immediately dismiss it. I'm going to internalize it and try to figure out, is there any truth to what Lance is saying? Sure, right. Um, I think the reason that you, both of you are together and being able to lead us in in this incredible way is because you're both willing to do that, that you are still going to have your instinctual response. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, nope, 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 right, like right off the bat. And we are right about the things that we, you know, think are are 100% right. Of course. But we're willing to pretend like we're not. Yeah, me too. Right, (laughs) right. But just letting everyone know, uh, all our listeners and everything, of saying you're still, no matter how much Jesus is working with you, you're still going to have your initial emotional response, and you're going to go, nope, you're wrong, and I'm right. Yep. But what do you do next? Yeah. What's your next response? Is your next response a self 
check, right? Of yeah. going, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. knock it off. Quit being a jackass. Yeah, right. Is your next response, how am I learning from them? Is there something that they're bringing to the table that right. I'm not being aware of? So right. anyway, right. I just wanted to give you guys such incredible respect and honor for your heart attitudes towards this. When you walk into this website and you haven't yet read one word, you're like, okay, who do these guys think they are? Oh, absolutely. The entire <laughs> website demonstrates who you think you are, mm. which is I'm a fallible human being in the hands of God, constantly learning, and I want to be more like Jesus because I don't want to be a Pharisee. Yeah. That attitude, man, I couldn't be more proud of you guys cool. for. Oh, anyway, I just cool. to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Super well, good. that's I, just to even add on to that, when you get into those... Um, those conflict areas, you're right. And you, you have that initial response. And then what am I going to do with this? Even just asking like, what's the win in this situation? So I, I have always worked with pretty conservative people. And for a time I worked with all people that we all went to the same school and the same theological tradition and everything. And, uh, we get an argument and then one of the guys would step back and be like, Hey, I know where you went to school. I get it. You have to be right. I'll just like let it <laughs> right there. And it, oh, it would burn so oh. bad. It, it hurt because it was real, right? And so being in some of those situations and then saying, what's the win here? Is it going to be me pushing through until that person can see like, okay, you know what? You're, you've been right this entire time and everything. Right. That's not that's not the win that we think it is, right? It's, no. it's how do we preserve dignity mutually? How do we uh, better each other? And how do we come to a place where we're it's side a- by side, sitting at the table rather yeah. than, you know, arguing Separated. And it's a fight you never, you will never yeah. win because it's like saying to a foot, think like a hand. Yeah. And and we right. go, until you think like me, until you think outside of how you're gifted, how your mind's structured, you are a, a part of the body of Christ and you hold value, but you're limited in that part of the body of Christ. And so if you think that everyone has to act like a foot and think like a foot and do like a foot, you're going to, you're never, you're never going to accomplish that. And so part of the like you know, disengaging from the war that comes from disagreement is just allowing, it's the humility thing that says, I'm a little piece of this puzzle and I don't actually need, I'm not commanded to make you think like me, but I am commanded to love you. So, so those things will come at odds at some point, they'll reach this part where like, the way I respond to you is going to be unloving because I'm driving after being right. I'm driving after making yeah. you see it like I am, like I am. And then it just doesn't, I've never seen it in well. I've had a lot of those conversations. <laughs> well, the yeah. big, the big picture is let's say you win. Let's say you demand everyone think like a foot. Yeah. You just wreck the body. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Because if let's say you're more of a fire and brimstone type person where you're going, man, people are going to hell. We need to deal with this right now. Uh, you're absolutely right. But God gave you that perspective for a reason. But if we don't have the grace, folks, yeah. if you ruin them all and turn them fire and brimstone, yeah, we don't totally. have a body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They have to be the balance to you. Yeah. You're supposed to be you and it's okay to be you. But as you're, you're a jerk to the grace people, yeah. that's not okay because God put them here to make you highlight and shine to do your thing. Right. Don't yeah. wreck them. Totally. Yeah. So I have so much more I want to get <laughs> yeah. to in terms yeah. of the actual... No, 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 I'm not... I'm not. I'm saying this is a preface to what I'm about to ask. There's so much more to, related to the actual content of your site that I want to get to, but I just am dying to hear you talk about just the reaction you've gotten to mm. some of this. Uh, yeah. Just that from your church, from uh, online, people that have discovered what you do. I'm so curious to know how people have have responded just because it is obviously a bit provocative. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go for I, it. I would say, I would say overwhelmingly positive. So that that's been the good surprise is that for yeah. the, for the most part, when we were starting to do this, 
you know, we sat down with our elders, talked about it first, you know, yeah. and, um, and I was just nervous that people, a lot of people would get the wrong idea. They'd miss the heart behind it. It would become more polarizing. Uh, I thought it might be generational split, like people who are right. younger than us would totally be fine with it. But people who are older than us, significantly older than us, wouldn't get it and would think that we were being crass and you know disrespectful or something. So there was a lot of like concern on, on that realm. And I would say overwhelmingly across the board, it's been, it's been positive. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't some negative feedback. Um, but what I'll say is... Um, the negative feedback that we get tends to be from people who are not at risk in being involved in Christian community. Like if mm-hmm. they get frustrated with the fact that at Creekside, the pastors have this blog, Jackass Theology, they'll find another church. They'll worship Jesus. They'll raise their kids in the faith. Uh, they may not be interested to hear what we have to say, but they're not going to walk away from Jesus. What, what we really, the voice that we're trying to take is one that is also reaching out to those who we know who are disillusioned with the church mm-hmm. and have kind of felt like they see it, but no one says it, you know? And we have been super encouraged by the number of responses we've gotten from people, people that we know that have left the church, people who have just started coming to Creekside. And this is like their first Sundays they're coming right. and they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what a day to walk yeah, in. This right? is a, yeah. Um, and then people that have just started like through shares and through um, it being on Facebook and stuff, people we don't know at all are saying like, I've left the church. I left the church because of the hypocrisy. This is doing really good for my heart. And it's making me realize that I've been just as big of a jackass, you know? And so when it's a confessional, you're like, dude, that's That's it. You know, I I don't want you going, yeah, everyone here is a jackass. I want you going, I am. And that's part of the problem, you know? And so when you hear that, you're like, dude, that's good. But there's been some rough spots. I mean, some people just won't ever get it. You know, but and, that's okay. And yeah. yeah, and it doesn't have to be for everyone either. But a lot of the people that we've had initial, like, more confrontational encounters with, we have led to great conversations, which that's a win in itself too, exactly. right? Better yeah. mutual understanding and everything. Yeah. But we've had, like, from from my perspective, we've had um, a few people from my kind of past, and as I've kind of keep alluding to, they're just really fundamentalist and everything, and just saying like, "Thank you so much for <laughs> writing this." Like, I feel like I have some PTSD from some of that stuff. <laughs> and uh, I just had a guy um, text me this morning th- that I went to school with, and he was just saying like, he he's learned over the years to drop his. He called it a hermeneutic of suspicion, mm-hmm. um, which I, I just that lens that he looks at everything with and is just suspicious of who's out there and who's saying what and what's wrong with this. And uh, it's just a it's just been really freeing for us. And it's been really cool to see that be freeing for other people too. Of, uh, I was, I was kind of thought I'm a pretty like jovial guy in general. I don't usually use the word jovial, but apparently yeah, right, right now, I'm going to start <laughs> using that, but, okay. uh, but I, you know, I've always felt sometimes like I need to be angrier, you know, I need to be more stern. I need to be more insistent on some things. And it has, it has been freeing just to focus on, okay, if Jesus did say the greatest commands are love God and love your neighbors, then if I put those as a priority, I'm not uh, compromising anything, right? Yeah. I it, there's a, there's this huge freedom in that of saying I can go out and I can love and I can still pursue truth and everything. But if love is the big non-negotiable, then uh, I don't need to be angry all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Amen. since you haven't had enough criticism, I'm going to share my let's, criticism. Let's yes. Oh, so I have, one. yeah, I have. Um, so I have a, a a major compliment for you. Yeah. And I have a major criticism. Okay. Okay. Go for so it. here we go. Bring it. Uh, the first criticism, and this unfortunately for our our listeners, this is a visual that you're not going to be able to see, but I will describe it for you. Um, my number one criticism uh, comes from this page right here. 
Oh, okay. No. Now, now, what you're not going to be able to see online is that it is underneath the homepage. It right before you get to all the articles, there is a picture of Ryan and a picture of Mark. Now, here's the deal: in real life, you guys don't look that similar. <laughs> <laughs> online. You look like the same stinking person. Why are you wearing the same outfit, the same hat, so it looks like two of the identical people? He copied my look. This I, is what totally can I say? absurd. <laughs> what, what is happening here? It's like, unity. Oh, look, there's yeah. another white guy in a black hat with a black shirt talking to another white guy with a black hat and a black shirt. At least change your hats yeah. when you're together. Okay, that's my great criticism. Can I, can I just can I just yeah. speak to that real quick? Yeah. Uh, Please do in great detail. The hat for me is a little bit of a like professional necessity. Uh, my hairline is not what it used to be. <laughs> so so the hat for me is a good thing. Ryan has gorgeous hair still. Yeah. Very, so he very, could, gray, very gray. He could still wear yeah. that, but he chooses the hat and I just I don't know what to do. Okay, I find it confusing and I find it infuriating. <laughs> so everything else is fine on the site. I'm not cool with the pictures. We will okay. fix that. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll there were larger pictures allegedly that were supposed to be on the yeah. site, but Mark mentioned this to you months ago yeah. about you fixing the site and that hasn't been fixed yet. So, yeah. okay, anyway, I'm expecting greater <laughs> things from you. All right, now to the compliment. Yeah. The compliment is your writing is out of control awesome. Mm -hmm. You guys, this is so concise and clean. I was going through it, and, and I think when you first launched the idea and the site, you had fired me out of text and said, totally. dude, check this out. And I went and I read the first one. Yeah. And the first one was, what is Jackass Theology, I believe, yeah. that you had written. And I was like, I go, dude, it's awesome. I love the concept, love everything about it. Yeah. And I and wow, how well written. And, and and Mark, I know that this is kind of your wheelhouse, right? Yeah, so yeah. you were part of uh, Francis Chan. I think it was Multiply, right? Is that yeah, what you guys exactly, worked on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, you, this is a gifting of the Lord. But but here's the thing. So I've done a number of writing things and worked with a lot of different yeah. writers. Yeah. When I came on here, and I believe everything in what you're doing, I'm so I couldn't be more behind this, you guys. Mm -hmm. cool. um, and I think that your thoughts are so brilliant. But I have to say, I was actually taken aback by the cleanliness and how crystal clear you guys are writing. Nice. And cool. it just floored me. So yeah. anyway, that was it. That's yeah. cool. Absolutely. That's Second a better that. compliment than the criticism, I guess. There, there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fix your hats, but your writing is awesome. Exactly. Exactly. The hats there you go. Me, yeah. I mean, I guess and it's better than like, hey, cool hats, guys. Your writing is awful. That's but, right. But <laughs> hats are easier to fix. Yeah. Okay, so one thing you talk about on the site and then your teaching on the subject is the three elements of... Uh, dealing with jackassery or yeah. the three steps to deal with jackassery and you say that those three steps are naming it owning it and fighting it now mm -hmm. ryan I, I loved listening to your articulation of this in the sermon you did which obviously don't have the time here to get yeah. into it, it get, get into those things in as much detail but can you just maybe between the two of you talk a little bit about those three steps and why they're important yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll just start with the naming it and uh, we'll just go from there uh, sure. so uh, yeah I, I just feel like uh, there's a freedom in being able to call something for what it is, you know? Uh, I mean, I think that's the Bible's doing that all throughout it with sin and yep. lies and truth, you know, it's just yep. like, honest. this is, it's honest. It's just brutally honest. And I think when you have felt like you're a victim of somebody's unloving behavior or jackassery, whatever you want to call it, 
it hurts that no one will say that that's what it is. That, mm-hmm. that especially in the church, we kind of like whitewash over it. And especially if it comes, and this is all the whole Me Too stuff. If it comes from yeah. leadership in the church, it gets glossed over because the leaders are important. And so we don't say. And so what happens is you have all these strings of uh, victims of varying degrees of people just being jerks in the name of Jesus. And nobody says anything. And I think that's why Me Too is important because it's saying like, look, we're, let's call it what it is. Like this is inappropriate, you know, and this is happening. So there's that side of it. I think there's the that side on your own personal reflection where you have to go, if I can't name it, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. So if I can't say that I'm the conservative jackass, then I can't make progress or change. If I can't say, you know, I struggle with lust or greed or um, anger, I, you can't do anything about it. So you have to name it in order to begin to change, you know? And so I think that's part of it. And part of the site is just, going through a lot. Like we were joking before we started. You could, I mean, you could have a million names to different types of jackass. Yeah. <laughs> and all that it is, is just saying, look, in this in, in situation, this is a kind of sin and it should be not indulged in, but recognized, confessed, yeah. dealt with, you know? Yeah. Um, well, here's another piece to why I think naming it is so critical. Because if you remember my, my kind of three-step thing that I saw, one of them was arrogance. Yeah. What I think is interesting is until you name it, as arrogance, Christians can justify it. Yeah, arrogance right. is listed as a sin. Yep. And the minute you name it as arrogance, you go, oh, no, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. But you have to call it what it yeah. is because otherwise you won't have a motivation to change. Well, so and it gets so convol- This is why it gets so convoluted in the church, because you're citing Bible passages. Yes. So you think you're right. Yes. But, right. but you don't realize it's the lens and posture sh- through which you're holding those that actually can make you really, really wrong. And there's yes. people who have been really, really sure about what the Bible has to say, who've been really, really wrong about what the Bible has to say, and even if they're right, really, really wrong in the way they ca- carry themselves. So yes. it's a hard sin to see because of that, it because is. you think I'm doing what's right, you know? Yes. So you're right. saying, even if I'm quoting the Bible, if I'm a massive jerk about it, that's still not okay. Yes. That, okay, got it. I'm going to write that down. Yes. I'm going to remember you that. Got it. Okay, and that's that, good. And that hurts worse, yeah. you know? It's yeah. it's uh, it's one thing to be just like personally aggressive towards somebody. It's another thing to claim the name of God, to use his words to attack somebody because then, I mean, one, it's it's just, it's awful in a lot of ways, but, but the big thing is then that person can equate your jackassery with God himself and God feels this way about me and this is how he speaks to people and everything. And it's just, I mean, it's why the Pharisees were so bad, yeah. you know? Totally. There's a layer of yeah. spiritual abuse that gets that's right. put yeah. in Yeah, there. that's right. Totally. So the first step is naming. Then we go to owning. Owning. So owning is also, I mean, it's Lance kind of touched on it. It's, it's, the, it's the part that says, okay, I've named it. Now I want to basically own the fact and take responsibility for it, you know, mm-hmm. um, because it's one thing to say like that there's sexual abuse that happens in the workplace or in church. But if the person who did it doesn't do anything about it or doesn't own it and take responsibility, there's this sense of like, oh my gosh, you know, it's even worse, you know? Yeah. So the owning it part is the humbling yourself to say, uh, I've messed things up, you know, yeah. and I'm going to do, I want to do something about it, you know? Yeah. Mark, thoughts on that? No, I, I, I totally agree. I, my mind went to uh, some of the race relations stuff that we have all the time. And it's, it's one thing to acknowledge there's a problem. There's another thing to step back and say, am I passively somehow contributing to this actively or passively? Right. right. Yes. And, and to not, to not weigh your privilege in it, to not weigh the significance of your silence in it. Um, And so owning it in that respect to say like, what, yeah, what, what can I do about this? Um, You know, how am I participating in the whole thing? Because um, we all, we all do more than we would ever let ourselves think. 
You know, um, so I was thinking about the idea of owning it. The thing that fights against owning it, and you're going to find this bias in most of what I say, I believe everything in Christianity is really the issue of identity, right? Is that if you're insecure, it's going to make it much harder for you to own it because you don't have a foundation by where you're still okay. So if your identity in Jesus is... I messed up, but he loves me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unless that's the core, you can't name anything because yeah. the minute you name something where you're wrong you're or you're bad, yeah. you're worthless. Yeah. Yeah. And so the more and more we can train a solid identity in Jesus, the more someone can say, listen, I can admit I was way out of line, but I'm still a child of God. Yeah. Then there's a certain piece to then turn around and look at yourself and go, wow, I am way out of line. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. So then we name it, we own it, we fight it. Fighting it looks like starting a blog. There you go. That's right. That's, that's how I yeah, solve all my problems. Yeah, I got a lot of yeah, blogs. Blog. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's just it's it's having the conversations. It's putting it out there. Um, yeah. It's for for like me personally, it has been just um, just naming it, identifying it, and then just starting to shift the way that I'm interacting with people and, and yeah. starting to realize, you know what, like, I don't need to say it that way. I don't need yep. to do this. Um, even, even just some of the stuff where I was saying about the table, getting everyone to sit around the table, it's saying, you know, what are, what are my goals with people when I'm talking to them? And, uh, and if my goal is love, then great. You know, if I have some other ulterior motive, like I need to convert this person, I need to, you know, whether it's to Christianity itself or to my really very specific subgenre of Christianity, like, um, it's just, it's just seeing people as people putting, putting love, human dignity, Jesus at the top of the list of what I'm going for. Um, and then, and then just, you know, we're, a lot of what we're doing is online. I mean, we're having a lot of personal conversations too, but online, a lot of it is just, um, being there to affirm what's, what's good as people are interacting well, trying to praise, um, some of these great, you know, we just, uh, wrote a post on Rachel Held Evans who just passed away and, yeah. and just trying to acknowledge like how much of she was trying to fight for people who were marginalized and everything. And so just holding up some of those good examples of, of that. Um, and then, you know, it, it's, it's an ongoing thing. We haven't solved it yet. Probably, probably next year yeah. we'll have it all yeah. <laughs> solved. Yeah. 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 I would say the key close. with, the key with fighting it too, is just believing that there's a fight to be fought, that the Holy Spirit actually wants to work in this. You know, I, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, with any sin, you, you can throw up your hands and go, oh man, it's never going to change. You know, I'm so like that or people are so like that. And, and I really believe like for that, I go to Galatians and you just see the dichotomy of the flesh and the spirit. And I believe that we are called, Paul's calling us to walk by the spirit. So that means that it's, but he's illustrating that there's this war that exists in us. And so much of the jackassery is, is characterized by the works of the flesh. I mean, divisions, we focus on the sex stuff and the, uh, you know, witchcraft, but like Mm -hmm. there's divisions, rivalry, dissension, all of that stuff comes from uh, jackassery. And what Paul's point is, is like, there's a better way to walk, you know? So if we just stop at like naming it, and I think, you know, it's like, you recognize anything, oh, I'm a little bit overweight, I should probably start exercising, yeah, I'm not going to do anything about it, nothing will ever change. Well, <laughs> come on, you know, there is, there's a fight to be fought, and sure. God's fighting it, you know? Yeah, mm. well, and I love, I mean, what what is what permeates so much of this is even the idea of fighting it, like, whose jackassery do I need to fight the most? Yeah. <laughs> right. Not yours, right? My own. <laughs> right? My own. Yeah. And, exactly. and I think that is a, uh, and, you know, to get back to what you said, Lance, about sort of security and identity, when I know who I am in Christ, then all of a sudden, I don't need to get defensive about who I am yeah. and go on the attack to others. Yeah. But instead, which is like, let's just be honest, like that is my default mode. Nobody yep. had to train me in pointing no. out problems with other people. Yeah. Like that is like my yeah. sin nature yeah. right there, you know? Yeah. But to be able to say, okay, rather than just being the guy that's pointing out problems all the time, 
how can I seek to be part of the solution? And that's what I always tell people yeah. when I, when I, you know, I'm a, again, huge fan of the site. So I'm telling people about it all the time is I just say, Hey, there is a, there is a humility and a real helpfulness to what you guys are trying to do that I just don't see a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's rooted in this desire to not only are you pointing out different types of jackasses and we'll get to that in a second, yeah, but, nice. but again, just what permeates it all is, Hey, like, I'm here. I'm part yeah. of the problem, and yeah. I need to worry about my own stuff. So, and that's and that's disarming in itself. Yeah. When we when we can uh, allow ourselves to be identified, hey, I am a jackass, and we can start having conversations with people in a way that's not trying to win or whatever. It is disarming, and we start seeing people that are initially geared up for like a intense discussion start to settle in, and um, and it's just a lot better yeah. interaction from there. Yeah. Now I want to shift now into us each talking about. Uh, this question of what kind of jackass are you? Because something you do on on your site, for those who haven't been there, is you talk about different types of of jackasses. And I either find them funny or irritating, <laughs> depending on if you're describing me. Like yeah, if you're not describing me, I'm like, oh, haha, people are so silly and they're like that. If you're talking about me, I'm like, okay, let's find something else. And we are trying to describe you. So yeah. Oh, and I'm glad that you picked Ryan. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of yeah. them. Yeah. 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 I mean, just really, I'm like, dang, that's, that's uh, yeah, more irritating than helpful. So, um, or irritating than funny, I should say. But anyway, it, they're, they're great little snippets of, hey, this is what it looks like to be this sort of person. Yeah. Uh, so Mark, we'll start with you. What kind of jackass are you? So I'm a, a, a moving target, but I move pretty slow. So I yeah. have been the conservative jackass and uh-huh. that, that is, um, I mean, it's insistence on precision, on exactly what's within my camp. Um, if you if you disagree in any small detail from here, uh, then you're then you're out. It, it comes with kind of like a watchdog feel to it, where you're always kind of policing what other people are saying and uh, what might be the implications. Where's the slippery slope of that type of a thing? Um, so I've been there, and I still have that super in me. Like I I see it. I I feel like I've healed some from that. Um, and so what that does is that leads me a little more into what we call the enlightened jackass, where you, uh, <laughs> you, you learn a thing, right? And it's like, oh, wow, yes, okay, I don't need to be so dogmatic and so insistent, and I can benefit from theology, and, but I don't have to be angry about theology. Um, and then you, you come to that realization, and then you begin to look down on all the other people that uh, haven't yet had that realization. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, uh, <laughs> and so you kind of just, you know, you have this confidence of just, I, I know what's going on, and... Um, and it, it, it's a little, it's more of an arrogant, uh, yeah. thing for sure. And, uh, pretty, pretty self-important type of place to be. I see myself there a lot. And even, even I would say, as we're writing these posts, it is so hard to like <laughs> write about all these kinds of jackassery and not be a jackass yourself. We, oh, yeah. we are failing in it, yeah. but the enlightened one is the one I feel as, as I'm writing and like, this is how we should be and whatever yeah. it's, um, it's pretty convicting sometimes to step back and be like. I'm just the enlightened jackass in this whole thing. Hearing you talk about that reminds me of, I forget where it was from. I think it was Stuff Christians Like, but it was something that John Acuff wrote. He's hilarious. But he wrote about uh, how Christians, it must have been Stuff Christians Like, uh, judging judgmental people. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, oh, gosh, those judgmental people are so, oh, oh, I hate them. So good. Wait a second. (laughs) Yeah, that's like enlightened right there. There it is. Oh, man. That is it. uh, So, Ryan, you in some of your teaching talked about sort of your uh, your evolution in this area as well, or progression. Uh, Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's, an oversimplification, but I could just like in sweeping statements reflect back. And so when I was in high school, I, I was part of a youth group and everything. And um, I would say at that time I was like the apathetic jackass. So I kind of, my perspective was, hey, there's a lot to do in life. Like, you know, I wanted to make money and do all this stuff. And I kind of felt like uh, faith, people who took their faith too seriously were just way over the top. Like, hey, I love Jesus. 
I have Christian community. You guys are super extreme. Well, then like I had this encounter with Jesus when I was a freshman in college where I felt called to ministry. And then I switched from the apathetic jackass to the radical jackass. I was like, (laughs) everybody, everybody who's not extreme, you know, doesn't love Jesus, you know? And that's when like books like Radical by David Platt and Crazy Love and all of those. And I'm like, yeah, like nobody sees it, you know? And so then I was like really condemning of people who were just going to church basically. And then um, from there, I developed theology, and so I became kind of entrenched in the conservative. um, I would say I was the conservative jackass, went to conservative seminary. So everything I'd learn, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is what the Bible really says. You know, I always thought it said this, but this is what it really says. And if you don't believe that, I'm not sure you're reading the same Bible as I am or worshiping the same God for that matter. And then I've been in that kind of season on and off and growing and changing for maybe a last decade or so. And I would say now I fall into the enlightened jackass for sure, but also one that I, I think is never going to go away from me. And this is maybe a common thread through. And I would say this is today. The big struggle for me is that I have one called the superhuman jackass guy. And it's basically the idea that if I, if I get the right formula, I really can do it all. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I I really can not be the problem. I can be the solution. Uh, I will learn to repent of this sin. I will rid myself of these problems. I will come up with the formula so that I can do my quiet time and evangelize to my neighbor and live in Christian community and be an example. And the reality is that is like one of the worst fallacies ever, because what I'm doing is I'm saying, no, I'm like the Jesus guy and I'm going to do it perfect like him. And I just feel like that to me, um, even in some of this jackass stuff is like trying to think, well, we can solve it, man. We can fix it. I can fix it by just writing, you know, no, I'm not Superman. It's the Holy Spirit's going to do it, you know, but I fall into those things all the time. Yeah. It's interesting. You said in that article, you said superhuman guy is the biggest of all jackasses because superhuman guy hasn't ignored part of the Bible. He's ignored all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Humans are limited, unable to be God, absolutely reliant. If you claim that you're not a jackass, you're claiming to be God. What if our limitations aren't supposed to be to all be overcome, but stand as reminders of our need, constantly pointing us to our need for God and our need for others? So So anyway, these are all so autobiographical. (laughs) Brilliant. So, so beautiful. So I know part of the reason you read that was just to delay your turn answering That's right. the question. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, yeah. hey, so, man. all right. We're, I've been waiting. <laughs> We've been waiting. For this? I know. He made a list, everybody. He I told us list. beforehand. He made a list. I have my own list. So, so we'll, no, <laughs> we'll, we'll sort of compare Lance's and Ryan's, <laughs> and I've got mine. So, all right. Yes. Let's hear it. What do yes. you got? Okay. So I, I'm at least five jackasses all at the same <laughs> Very time. Good. Yeah, so, that's good. The combo. If we're going to look at like a recipe, I am I am a bit of an enlightened jackass, right? I do know all stuff deeper and more real than everyone else. Um, But all the other ones I made up. Uh, I'm a hiding behind authenticity jackass. And that's, I'm so open, I can't be held accountable. Like, hey, I'm too open here. Don't talk to me, right? That's That's good. good. Um, I'm a bad friend jackass, which is I'm so busy serving people for Christ that I can't invest in you as a real (laughs) friend. Nice. Um, I'm the, I can't, I, excuse me, I can hate you for hating other people jackass. Oh, that's good. Right. It's okay for me to have animosity towards mean people. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And then, uh, the last one is my God confidence makes others feel small, jackass. Oh my god! Which is I maintain all my strength in the presence of insecurity, and that's not loving. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. Totally. So you present oh anyway. So there you go. 
coming soon to jackasstheology.com. That's yeah, exactly I was gonna right. Say, I think you got a month's worth of content yeah, right there. That's right, man. Dang. That's right. You got you that another was, job that doesn't yeah. pay. Wow. Yes. I do have 15 that are Forget that are applicable it. to Brian. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, hey, I've got my own list. Oh, so sorry. Then, Go ahead. Yeah, we can, we can share our list with each other off the air in case it gets a little, you know. Uh, okay, so I, like the three of you, for sure, enlightened jackass big time mm-hmm. which is which is not awesome but uh so my other one all uh, right one more that you've already done and then one more that i just made up that i've told you about Good. is i am for sure the contrarian jackass mm-hmm. which i my wife says i'm a contrarian by nature i say i just don't like things that are stupid but i think <laughs> those are the same thing they're the same thing yeah <laughs> uh so i i all you know i just Anytime ideas are popular, I get into a hardcore like critic mode. Yeah. And I think that because I'm right in my critique, that it makes it okay. Yeah, so that's totally. just a real oh, I completely just, disagree with yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so and, and, and there is a the veneer of sort of holiness about that. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, it's like is. I'm not thinking in this deficient way that's that right. others are thinking. And whatever deficiency may well be in that thinking is overrided by my own arrogance that makes me a contrarian. So, so good. So there's that. You know, I heard uh, you can keep going to your next one, but I heard yeah. uh, someone use the phrase uh, discernment bloggers. And yes. uh, and it just makes me think of that where you're like, let me tell you what's actually wrong with, uh, you know, Rick Warren or with, you know, whatever popular thing is out right now. I know that's a very dated reference, but uh, <laughs> I don't I don't read much. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just it's always like I will be the one to explain to you why this is so bad. That's just yeah. it's contrarian. Yep. It's great. And if, if this is I'm sure you guys can relate to this. And I think maybe hopefully this will be helpful for our listeners. I think if there is anything that has helped me to be less of a contrarian, uh, it is being in leadership more and having to deal with mm. kind of the criticism I get from other people. Yeah. yeah. How, how often I feel like they are misrepresenting me to me, or sometimes yep. I hear about people misrepresenting me to others. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I, I just need to kind of settle down in my, totally. in just sort of going into, you know, critic mode right away with, with different things and just recognize. And I don't like, to me, I get more hung up on ideas than people. Like I'm not the guy who's going to go like criticize the popular preacher. I'm just, just not who I am. Yeah. But I think to recognize even in different ideological camps, like, okay, there's, First of all, am I representing them accurately? Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy to misrepresent. Yeah. Oh yeah, to make them stereotype. Yeah. Like, am I am I defining them in terms that they would accept? Right. Yeah. And then, am I is my posture towards those who are different than me one of of grace and love, not one that immediately goes to, well, I'm right, they're wrong. You know, yeah, so, yeah. Dumb. yeah. So that's that's lame. And then here here's one that just drives me crazy. And like, we've been funny about all this, and this one really to me is just not funny at all. And I just. <laughs> It eats at me almost every day is the silent jackass, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. which basically says I am sort of separated from a lot of injustice. I am not personally affected by it. And I mean, I could give you names, dates and places of times where when I've tried to enter into speaking up for issues of injustice, I get flack from yeah, yeah. Christians. That's yeah. right. And so I say, well, it's not worth the hassle. It's not worth yep. the criticism. It's not worth the, oh, I'm leaving the church over this and that, which that hasn't happened much, but you know, yeah. it's yeah. not worth the angry phone calls, the angry emails. So I'm just going to disengage yeah. Yeah. Yep. because I have the option of disengaging right. because I am a middle-class suburban white That's male. Right. Yeah. When others exactly. don't have that option. And it's like, yeah. Man, I think about like how am I going to explain that to my kids someday? I don't That's like. Right. Well, buddy, I couldn't do what's right because there are you know Christians who'd be mad at me if I did. And it's yeah. like I I don't know. 
totally. it's a tough one. It's a tough. It's a it's a tough line to, to, to walk. So I know that's something probably we all struggle with on some level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When uh, when we were talking earlier, um, Brian was sharing a little bit about the silent one, and mm-hmm. I said, I go, if you read the blog, uh, the first thing you'll notice is the quote at the top. And it's from the Birmingham jail, and yeah. it's an MLK quote. That's right. Mm-hmm. And if yep. you don't think something's going to throw a dagger in your spirit, <laughs> oh man, yeah. Gosh. Even if you don't even read the article, which I think the article is brilliant. And no, one reading. of the fun things about this for the for our listeners and our viewers, um, they're very short. Yeah. Um, and when something is written as clean and clear as they do it. Short becomes even shorter because your eyes don't have to keep adjusting. You go right through it. So these are very rapid to read, but power punches. So if you go, man, I don't have a whole lot of time. You don't need a ton of time, and it allows you to have a big change in your spirit. But once again, even if you didn't even read the article and you simply read that quote right at the top, you're like, I want to give up. Because I'm that guy. I am that guy. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So one, one sort of common thread... That that you guys have identified that sort of <laughs> unites jackasses of all types. Yeah, <laughs> is that uh, we it, is that we become that way when we love ideas more than people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I thought that was such a profound and important. Yeah, that's statement. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Can, that's Ryan. Well, then we'll, we'll go to him then. Ryan, can you talk a little bit? What does that even mean for for our listeners? You love ideas more than people, and then how does that begin to kind of bring out some of this negativity in us? Yeah, I, I just so. I mean, humans are like, I, I think having kids and being a pastor and being married, married's a great example. It's like, it took me a long time in my marriage to realize that it is not objectively about what is right and wrong in a situation. Um, at first I would do that. I would like get in an argue with my wife and I would think, well, I know I'm right. I just would be a total jerk if I showed her that and, uh, time will play out all. She'll see that I was right about this. Um, and that's, that's a total jackass totally move. Always happens. Yeah. Too. yeah. Uh, total jackass <laughs> move because you think that you, you really are always right, which is, you know, a problem. But the, the thing I had to learn about relationships, you know, over years of being married and that translates into my relationship with kids and friends and being a pastor is that um, humans are not, they're not some logical progression of thought. Like you don't, they don't, they're not rational like they think that they are. They're emotional and emotional needs are so different than uh, logical, rational needs. So Mm -hmm. we read the Bible intellectually and logically, and then we spew it out intellectually and logically. But to minister to the soul can be as simple as like putting your arm around someone when they're crying and just being present, right? Yeah. And Jesus demonstrated that kind of thing. Like woman at the well, he sits there, woman about to get stoned. He's like interjecting himself, not by what he's saying. Yeah, he'll say stuff, but he's it's his presence mm-hmm. that is the calming spirit to it all. It's his love. It's clearly his love for that person, And so I feel like they're just totally different languages, you know, that one is like, you can be super unloving and say words like my daughter can like appear to be obedient with her words, but totally dismissive with her eyes or her heart. So the reality is it's totally different levels of communication. And I think for whatever reason, I don't know if it's a human problem or a culture problem, it's probably all of that, uh, especially in the church. I fixated on teaching right words, teaching right thoughts, holding right ideas. And that seems like it's actually my job as a pastor to get up there and preach right ideas and to teach what the Bible means. But that is so different than like loving human beings. They're just different ways of being. Um, and so, 
So for me, it was like realizing that those are different and then going, well, what does Jesus say is more superior? I mean, clearly it's the human dignity side that he lifts up rather than the right side. I mean, he says, he says contradictory things, you know, like, hey, to the rich young ruler who's there, sell everything you have, give it to the poor. And then when the woman's, you know, anointed, uh, anointing Jesus with oil, they're like, okay, she's wasting money. Shouldn't she give it to the poor? And he's like, no, I'm here. She should be yeah. at my feet now, you know? Yeah. And so it's not about the, we make it about the idea and it just, I think it radically changes what faith is, you know? Yeah. I think one of the most powerful things for me is to realize that Pharisees were usually right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now, exactly. Now we read it in the Bible because when they came head to head with Jesus, they got exposed for the areas they were wrong. Yeah. But mostly they're right. Yeah. yeah. And um and so what ends up happening is you get a bunch of people in the church. You can get more popular and more authority if you're meaner. Mm-hmm. Because once you start cracking down on sin, nobody can say you're wrong. No, yeah, technically right. you're right. That's right. Yeah. Right. I mean, if I say, you know, oh, you can't talk to me like that. That's not God. Well, I can shut you down. There's a million ways with the Bible. It's all oh, yeah. control. Yeah. You Chapter can control verse. people. Yep. And then what happens though is, even though Pharisees were usually right, they're everything I don't want to be. Yeah. Yep. Because they weren't with Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had to get saved from being right. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that same prodigal God concept, you know, yeah. where it's like you have the two sons and then you have the dad. Well, the, right. the, the one son had to repent from being the good guy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because he's like, the older son was like, dude, I've been doing good stuff all the time. I should have your credit. Yeah. And he's like, you both need me. That's right. You know, the lost one needs me. The one that's self-righteous needs me. All of you need me. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, just yeah. think that's And all that's he powerful. wanted, all the father in that example wanted to do was to get him to sit down and eat and celebrate together. That yeah. was it. And that's like, right, I feel yeah. like that's all God wants us to do mm-hmm. is to sit down and celebrate together. So good. Yeah. You know, yeah, but we no, just have and different so, reasons. And celebrating yeah. means looking at the other people who are at that table and being yes. glad that they're there as well. Yeah. Yep. Which he was not hard. glad that his brother was there. Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. Something I've, I've, I've taught in a number of environments and certainly tried my absolute best to live out just in my personal life is just this idea of you can be right, but still be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it is, it is amazing to me how, how often I'll interact with people who will defend their meanness by their with their rightness yeah that's and right it's like if you're if you're mean it just doesn't matter right yeah. like you can be like just press that into your spirit and be like <laughs> i'm talking to the microphone yeah. here you can be if if you're mean whether or not you're right is pretty right. irrelevant to be right. honest like it, it gave me uh, so one one other way that i thought about it was the fruits of the spirit in galatians and if uh if the evidence of the spirit of God in me is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, if those are the fruits of the spirit, then I, maybe the measure of rightness isn't a measure of intellectual assent, but it's a measure of posture, actually. Like, it, to actually, what if we determined what was right by where we saw love and joy and peace that was consistent with the love and joy and peace of Jesus? You know, a tree by its fruits. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I feel like that's kind of some of what Jesus was saying and you know, we've intellectualized it or whatever. Now you guys devote a whole section of the blog to solutions. You're not just pointing yeah. out problems in others and then problems in yourself. You, you give us a way forward yeah. and it's not rocket science, <laughs> right? but most things we need to know and apply aren't, yeah. uh, but they can be difficult, difficult practices, disciplines to apply. So can you talk a little bit about some of the solutions yeah. you see to this problem that exists in all of our hearts and yeah. then how we can 
sure. kind of how we can apply them. So that, that'll be an ever expanding section too, you know, just, you know, as we just keep processing and everything. But uh, right now we have uh, the word of God, prayer and the table. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll add to that, you know, I mean, you could just say Jesus is the answer to it because that's true. Um, yeah. But we're trying to give a few practical things. So one thing for us is, that, you know, the word of God sometimes to like in the conservative jackass world, it might seem like, oh, the problem is the word of God. They're holding to it too much. That's not the case, right? It's just misusing it. And so the more we dive into scripture, the more we see Jesus and the heart of God and everything else. And that should be a refining thing that shapes us. And so we always want to be, you know, pointing people back there again. Um, Prayer is a huge anti-jackass thing because (laughs) you have to, you have to come before the Lord and acknowledge your need for him. Um, It, it, takes you from being the, the king of your own kingdom and, and puts you in that place. And so, yeah, so we want to, you know, keep, keep encouraging prayer. And like one, one prayer that Ryan's been really hitting on is, is just the, um, the prayer of the, uh, the tax collector that just says, you know, Lord yep. have mercy on me, a sinner, yep. you know, and it's, it's so simple, but so transforming. Yep. Um, and then we've, we've talked a lot about the table already, but just the reality of, um, it changes things fundamentally yep. when our primary model for interacting with each other is, from a stage or um, in a debate or something like that to shifting that to where we are sitting around a table together, sharing a meal. We're inherently celebrating. We're inherently leveling ourselves. We're enjoying each other, enjoying life. And it just shifts the interaction. So um, the more we can do those kinds of things, I think we're on a better track. Yeah. Uh, One thing just to add into that, which I did not write on the blog. So I'm just adding this one in. We'll we'll add it. Um, The more alone you are, the more you'll remain a jackass. Mm -hmm. Pharisees had reasons to separate, right? That's good, yeah. But God talks through community. And so if you want God to root you out of jackassery, Mm -hmm. there is a demand to be at the table with other people. But what I've noticed is the greatest jackasses are usually more solo. Insulated, yeah. The more insulated you are, the less friends or interaction with the world that you have, the greater you know, the greater reality of you being a jackass can remain. It's really hard to root out by yourself. Totally. Usually God uses a mirror, Mm -hmm. which is in other people and largely people you don't agree with. Yep. So if you do not hang out with people you disagree with, Good luck yeah. on getting the jackass so out of you. So so yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I can I can sit and listen to the TV or radio and listen to some guy tell me about how people who think different than me are so evil and so awful, and man, they're trying to destroy this and that and the other thing. That is a fundamentally different thing than actually sitting with someone yeah. and that's looking in the eye. Looking in the eye. And now, okay, we have to figure out a way to get along. We're we're neighbors. We're coworkers. We're friends. We're whatever. Well, because no one no one is one dimensional like right. that. And that's where Jack Ashley. It's a lots of lots of straw men. That yeah. person is their ideas and their yeah. argument. The minute you sit across a table with someone who disagrees with you, they're a human being yeah. mm-hmm. to be loved. Yeah. And you and you hear their story, and then you have compassion for why they see the world the way yeah. they do. But that's we don't go to that. Yeah. And and that's the the irony of the solution, you right. know? Right. Yes. Yeah. It always sort of makes me kind of chuckle, but also cry when I, you know, see things like, well, you know, the right is doing this or the left is doing yes. this. I'm like, yeah. uh, since when were they a monolithic? Like, yeah, right. all right, everybody, we're having the meeting of everybody who thinks exactly the same. Let's all remember we're all trying to destroy <laughs> oh, America. Like it's, there's right. such a profound <laughs> ignorance to that. And, and yeah. you know, I, there probably some of that. Yeah, we all buy into that. In me, so yeah, 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 no, we do. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, last question. This has been super fun, and man, I could burn another hour talking to you guys <laughs> about this because because I just I love it. But ultimately, what are you guys trying to accomplish? If you had to say, okay, we hope that by engaging with our content, we want to see this happen mm-hmm. in your hearts, in your congregation, just in people that read, etc. How yeah. how would you answer that question? 
I'll say for me, uh, you know, a big part of it is, you know, you see this big movement away from the church. Um, there's like the whole ex-evangelical thing and yeah. um, people disenfranchise and stuff. And so one thing that we do want to see is just being a voice for some of those people. Yeah. There are voices out there. I think some of them tend to be more cynical towards the church um, and, hey, come join us and we'll kind of protest together. And yeah. um, we've we kind of want to be a cons- still we're pretty conservative uh, mm. and we're church based and everything and just saying like, hey, uh we also still within this thing are acknowledging it and uh, just want to want to let you know that we'd love to work through this with you. And uh, we've seen a lot of fruit from that already. And that's mm-hmm. been a, a really good um, byproduct of it. Goal yeah. for it. Even. Yeah. That's awesome. I would say uh, the driving verse to me for the end goal, which is I'm an idealist in the sense that I, you know, I think that it can happen to some degree, but is I think John 17, Jesus's prayer for yeah. the church to be one as the heavenly father in the Holy Spirit and Jesus are one. I mean, that's like a, I don't know. I don't know when ecumenicism and all of that became like a bad, evil word. I don't know when it stopped being a, a goal of ours to be a singular body with lots of different expressions. We don't need to be homogenous, but man, I just, I feel like the solution is like, you know, let's bring us back together. I feel like the world is, the world is disintegrating. It's like this natural, um, you know, entropy, but the church has the Holy Spirit and should, should be different than that. The Holy Spirit should be bringing us together in unity, in love and uh, ability to be diverse. And, and, uh, I think a large part of all this beginning of this is the polarization of politics, you know, during the last election started a lot of the, wow, I didn't even know how polarized we were until this all happened. But I just, I really believe that there's a lot, a lot of progress to be made in the, in the, in the, the heart part of the unity. You know, we don't need to all worship the same places. We don't need to do the same worship nights. We don't need to preach the same sermons. We don't need to be unified like the Catholic Church is unified because they're not unified either. They're just unified by name. We need to like be unified in spirit, which requires a lot of what Jesus wants from us. Humility, grace, uh, acts of love, you know, Um, and then maybe we'll be known to the world by our love, which is what Jesus wanted, right? Like he wanted us to be known for our love for one another, which yeah. is like mm-hmm. so not the way that Christians are known today. Yeah. Well, so. And one thing, Ryan, you had said in a sermon that I thought was just so good in terms of the goal of it all is that uh, what's the bigger tragedy? If we fail to nail down every point of doctrine or if we fail in the command to love? And yeah. I think it's pretty clear once you say it, that it's, it's just wanting to lift that up again to a place of prominence of like the command to love is the big one. Yeah. And we, we, we will figure out all the other stuff too, but that's the big one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Lance, you've got a pensive look on your face. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> pensive. Well, I went into this thinking it was all going to be stupid. So <laughs> I have just been shocked. Don't let the fo- the title <laughs> fool you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I just, uh, the the immensity and the, the just the heaviness of this being so true. And I, I just, you know, I, I 100% believe in the vision. This is stuff that I care about. This mm-hmm. is stuff that matters to me. This yeah. is you know, you guys are an expression of something that's deep within my heart. Um, and so anyway, I just think it was really, it's very, very powerful. Yeah. And absolutely. I hope people can, can appreciate it. Yeah. And can yeah, I just go say, ahead, Ryan? Yeah. Please. Can I just say one thing? Um, I've been trying to find the right time to say it, you know, the whole time, but, uh, I just feel like, you know, Lance to you, you know, one of the huge things, I mean, we started hanging out a decade ago, uh, when I became a lead pastor and didn't know what I was doing, you know, and it was just like, Hey, someone who's done this longer than me. Um, but, what I'll say is like, 
you have really like inspired me in so many ways to like push the envelope in all of these areas because you see the injustice or you see the discrepancy between the charismatic and the conservative cultures and you like push into a new area. And I know that that's not easy. And I know like I get to see all the jackassery that happens around those kinds of decisions, but you've been very bold and in taking those like warrior steps um, and getting a lot of arrows because of that. But I just feel like that's, that's part of the solution too, is we need to keep getting lit up, you know, because um, every great stride in injustice, every great stride in love, like, someone gets lit up, you know? Yeah. And I think it's easy to back back away and to think, oh, maybe it's not messy enough. But I mean, I had this post on Martin Luther and like his potty mouth, but like the whole thing about that is like, he was not clean. Like he was not, <laughs> he was not the Martin Luther we sing about on Reformation Day, you know, instead of <laughs> Halloween, he was like crass and rude and blunt and, and, and mean sometimes. But it was because it was so broken. And I think the idea of taking down Jack Assery is it's not going to, it's not clean. I mean, we'll, we'll write posts that won't be objective, you know, that we've oh, yeah. already written a many, many of them. Oh, yeah. it, we're going to make a mess. We're going to step on people's toes. But I right. think the inspiration you've been to me in a lot of this is you're willing to take those, those yeah. strides yeah. and, and get lit up for Jesus, I think. So that's you know. super cool. Thank yeah. you very yeah. much yeah. for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't agree Amen. more. I was going to, I hate to turn this into a, like, let's talk about how often, Lan- how awesome Lance is. Oh, thing. Let's do yeah. it. But I was going to say, this is like years and years ago when I first came to Bridgeway before I was ever on staff or anything, like we're just moved to the area. I knew I wanted to find a job, but before I find a job, I need to find a church and I heard heard Lance preach and I heard him specifically address mm-hmm. the idea of speaking negatively about other churches and he said mm-hmm. he lit people up saying we're not going to do that and I'm yeah, like great. all right I don't know if I'm ever going to work here but while yeah. I'm looking for a job I'm with that guy yeah you know and, so awesome. and even just you know the connection you know Ryan that you and Lance and that group have and City Pastors Fellowship and all of that and just the emphasis on unity that Lance you really spearhead that you know a lot is so incredibly important and i think it's it's sad to think about how like this doesn't happen in a lot of places where here we've got you know we're on staff at two churches in the same town and like we're friends like you guys lead pastors meet together we as like discipleship guys meet together and we're connecting and we're praying for each other and we're supporting each other and we're teammates we're not competitors right we desperately want each other to succeed yeah that's right like when when you succeed like that's awesome for when exactly. Creekside is thriving. That's awesome for Bridgeway. When yeah. Bridgeway is thriving, that's yep. awesome for Creekside. Yep. And we're cheering each other on. That's how it should be. Yeah. So, amen. Yeah. Amen. Good. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for creating Jackass Theology, <laughs> for willing to take the hits that come with that. And thanks for uh, carving out the time to be with us today. We appreciate it. Thank so, you, guys. guys. Yep. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening. We hope that our conversation inspired you, first of all, just to look into your own heart, identify, hey, what kind of jackass am I? Because the bad news is, We're all jackasses, but the good news is God loves us anyway, and when we recognize all those things are true, we can have grace for one another, we can be part of the solution instead of perpetuating the problem. So, would encourage you to find someone who's a jackass in a different way than you. Maybe have a conversation, you guys might learn to understand each other better, and we'd all be better for it. So, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Engaging Culture. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.